Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Like whatever good people and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host Sam and I am joined this week by, well, he's making triumph for a return. It's Billy. How are you, Billy? Mate, I'm totally bugging. It's <laughs> just to throw some 90s at you. No, I'm doing good, mate. It's it's great to be here with you again. How are you doing? I'm really good and I'm very happy to be here with you. Rolling with the homies. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Sure. <laughs> And the other person that's joining us this week is Liz. She can't drive. She's still a virgin. How are you doing, Liz? I was going to say, I can't believe I'm hanging out with virgins who can't drive. And you stole my bit, you piece of shit. Fine. Excellent. Uh, As if. You've only insulted us with that line about four fucking times over Messenger. I knew it was coming. I just love that line. It is pretty good. So, I mean, the film that we've been hinting about is Clueless. The 1995 comedy romance film. Directed by Amy Heckling, starring uh, Alicia Silverstone as Cher, Paul Rudd as Josh, Brittany Murphy as Ty, Stacey Dash as Dion, Donald Faison as Murray, Brick and Mai as Travis, and I feel like everyone knows this film, but I mean, like, we've, we've all seen it before we did this episode, right guys? Oh, absolutely. Actually, yes. Yeah. 100%. But actually, I'd forgotten that the whole theme of it is the matchmaking thing. Really? Yeah, I'd forgotten the Emma, you know, how that it's, it's built off Emma. Like, so when she started trying to match make her teachers, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cute. I forgot that she does this. You know, like, I just remembered it was about the, the socialite girl, big vocabulary, like, living high school life, falling for a gay man. Man, I reckon I've seen this movie well over a hundred times. Easily. Jesus! This has to be up there with my most watched movies of all time. Like... In the 90s alone, I reckon I watched it 50 times. <laughs> wow. How much of a social life did you have in the 90s there, Billy? Oh, mate, I was, you know me. I'm like Barbara Streisand. I'm people who knows people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, uh, shameless plug, didn't you guys do an episode on this? Talking about Emma and Clueless? There, yeah, Billy? we kind of half did an episode on it. When the new Emma film came out, we were like, you know, let's be, let's be artistic. Let's go see the new, you know, the new Emma film. Uh, and about halfway through talking about it, we were like, fuck this, let's talk about Clueless instead. So, and I believe that it's probably our joint highest rated film on the podcast. I think we both gave it a 10. So Ooh, we watched the thing where it's this higher than The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, you know, probably deserved. Showing you how it's very early. Um, well, since, like... Liz has already started giving a plot. Like, she's already giving us a bit of a description of it. Liz, what is the plot of this film? Go on, tell us. Okay, well, a socialite <laughs> um, meddles in her... Um... I don't know what I'm trying to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the plot at socialite. Um, no, Billy okay. Tegan, what's the plot? Oh, yeah, mate, be you don't want, you don't want me, me to give a plot. All right, okay, there's there's this girl, Cher, played by Alicia Silverstone. She wakes up and she gets dressed and she's got this really oh, no. fancy... <laughs> okay, no, we want like a, a, a fake Five outline, hours later. not the entire <laughs> screenplay. All right, okay, she, uh, she decides to, as you were, I think, trying to say, meddle in the lives of other people. She tries to hook up her teachers. She tries to hook up this new girl at school with this guy and... Paul Rudd is kicking about as a as her stepbrother and 
Sparks Fly. Woo! Yeah. Yep. Again, I feel like most people have seen this film. Well, we won't dwell too much on the plot, and though Billy sounds like he wants to fucking talk for about seven fucking hours about it. We'll move I thought on. you promised me this was going to be a short podcast. Yeah, exactly. And, and now Billy's just like running away with it. And you showed up half an hour late, so this is the epitome oh, of Fuck my- you and your face. You cannot blame my technology woes on me. Stop it's trying to fuck life. my face, Liz. It's never going to happen. <laughs> As if. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Anywho, looking at the reviews for this film, 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, 68% on Metacritic. I mean, we've already heard from Billy as to what he's going to give it. So first we'll do our usual spiel, which is, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird or wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions before finishing on a listener question or a Patreon question. And this week, it is a listener question. So... Billy, you start us off. You start us off with the compliment sandwich. Well, the sandwich question, basically. Do you think this is a positive? You give it a compliment sandwich. If you think it's a negative, you give it a shit sandwich. There's always the hyperbole sandwich, which is what you give it if you're going to give it over 10,000 tartan dresses. There we go. Yeah. You knew this was coming. It's the hyperbole sandwich, of course. Yes, 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 yes. 10,101 tartan dresses for this film. I mean, holy shit. First good thing. The screenplay itself. This is such a sharply written film. Like, yes, it's easy to look at now and say, okay, it's very 90s. There's a lot of pop culture references that at this point are a little bit like, who are they talking about? (laughs) There's a lot of slang going on, like buggin' and as if and whatever. But you know what? It is so funny. This movie is filled with joke, 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 and nearly all of them land, which is so rare. It's just so well written. Second great thing is the casting. There is not an off member of this cast. Like, Alicia Silverstone is so perfect in this role. Brittany Murphy is fantastic. Young Paul Rudd, who, quite frankly, looks younger than he does now. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's how aging works. (laughs) (laughs) Who, quite frankly, looks younger now than he did then. It's insane. Uh, And the third great thing, of course, is the soundtrack. The music for this film is next level. Like, it just really sets the time and place every single number. The diversity in the songs. You forget that, like, Fake Plastic Trees from Radiohead plays at one point. And you're Mm. like, oh, wow, yeah, this is quite a diverse soundtrack. It's not all just, you know, beach party music. Uh, Just fantastic fucking movie. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Liz, over to you. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to be pretty similar, actually. Uh, I'm kicking off with, I like how kind Cher is. She's popular and she's rich, and usually when they write those sort of characters, she's a total bitch. That was not the case here. Like, I mean, she does some, she says some mean things and occasionally can be a little bit shallow, but on the whole, she's actually very warm and kind, and I think that's a really nice lead uh, female character. My great thing... Fuck! is that I love the entire script as well. It's so warm, witty, clever, exactly what Billy says. Like, the lines are just clever. So many excellent one-liners. Like, the way it's delivered is great, but it's just perfectly put together. It's it's genius. Um, And, yeah, it uh, absolutely encapsulates the 90s. And that is my other good thing, which is I love how well the film encapsulates the 90s. Like, there's just so much about it that is the 90s. And I I really like that. I like those sort of period pieces, as it were. So, um, yeah, 
Absolutely a hyperbole sandwich from me, which is super rare, as you know. But honestly, I watched this and I thought, I can't really think of anything bad. Except for the one thing is where she says retard a couple of times. And I was like, oh, that's weird to hear. Like, yeah, you just don't, yeah. you don't hear that, that anymore. But I was like, ah, that's what they said then. So I can't really fault it for that. I mean, I, if it was made now, I would. But um, yeah, no, it was amazing. So I'm going to give it. 12,750 um, tartan jacket skirt pairings because it wasn't actually a dress, Sam. You were such a heterosexual male. Fair enough. Well, that moves me over to me, and I ugh, legitimately was going to give this a hyperbole sandwich if Liz didn't. Because, but I don't want this to be the first film that gets three hyperbole sandwiches on it. <laughs> Why not? It's a great film. It is a great film, but it's I feel awesome, like it's... and it totally subverts all expectations of your podcast. Yeah, but I feel like I'm doing an injustice to a promising young woman where I got two hyperbole sandwiches, oh, and then yeah. I followed up with a. Well, I'm not going to give it one. <laughs> yeah, you dick. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, I probably should have. That movie has just grown on me. Fucking oh, awesome film. Excellent I've got to film. watch it again if I can ever bring myself to. Like, it's yeah. so good. And people who love Clueless should really love Promising Young Woman as well. It pretty much is a modern Clueless in Yeah, a lot they're of actually ways. similar in a lot of ways when you really think about it. Both yeah. very oh, yeah, sharp yeah. scripts. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Sam, what are you going to give it then? Well, I, I'm i just going to give it a standard compliment sandwich. Um, my good things, well, yeah, the performances were charming and genuinely funny. I laugh out loud moments. So basically everything Billy said. And then my bad thing, is this kind of triggered a little bit of like, um, a little bit of anxiety in me? Because when I was, oh, how old? How, 95, I would have been 13, 14, some, somewhere around then. I actually had a girl at school come up to me and go, I want to go to the movies. You want to take me to see Clueless? And I was like, okay. And so I thought, sweet this person wants to go to the movies with me and why don't invite all my friends so i invited all my friends <laughs> oh sam <laughs> we all went to the movies and this movie became a self-fulfilling prophecy i was literally christian in this with a girl beside me who was like flicking her hair and totally into me and i was just like right cool that was fun see you later and then walked away and then somebody like a week later at school came up to me and was like you know she's into you eh? like that's the reason why she wanted to go to the movies with you and that's why you shouldn't have invited all of us and i was just like <laughs> yeah you were like totally clueless i was totally clueless and by that time the ship had sailed i yeah ship sailed i'm just gonna leave it at that so that was the thing that triggered me so i'm gonna give it nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine point nine 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 recurring out of ten thousand full tartan outfits tartan outfits we'll go with that I'll allow it. Anywho, that moves us over to question number two. First of our Patreon questions comes courtesy of our man, Dave Baker, uh, who also has his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a ton of awesome content like uh, essays on Medium, YouTube recommendations, heaps of good stuff. Go check it out. There's a link down in the show notes. And what is his uh, question there? Liz. All right. The question for number two is... What character would have the biggest social media presence and on what platform? I mean, the obvious answer is just about any of these characters on Instagram. But I'm going to go Christian, man. I reckon he would have a banging Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it could, it'd be really weird, wouldn't it? It'd have like loads of little quirky fun things. Like you'd have Billy Holiday songs and, yeah. like, and um, like the fancy cars, like old school retro cars and like male model pictures and stuff. Like it'd be exactly. just a really eclectic collection. I mean, it's there'd, true. Be, there'd be really good looking pictures of him, obviously, but there'd also be like <laughs> fancy museum shots and stuff. Like I reckon it would be 100%. quite the uh, interesting collection. Definitely a man of culture and art, you know, definitely a man of, uh, of those things. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He is a little bit the opposite of you, isn't he, Sam? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I didn't think of that, but you're right. 
He is he is my polar opposite in a lot of ways, in a hell of a lot of ways. Uh, the one for me, Amber, and I'm going to say OnlyFans. I think she's going to be incredibly popular on there. <laughs> but did you hear that, sh- that they're getting rid of the pornography? No, yeah, it's been reversed. Oh, it's been announced it? today they're reversing their opinion on that. So Amber's been out there protesting. She's managed to keep her OnlyFans profile going. Doesn't like getting balls come out her chin, but sure. Chin knows whatever it was, but... <laughs> Well, Only um, fans, you can decide if that happens. I'd actually buy that because did you see when um, Cher has the stand for the Pismo Beach collection? Amber has a stand next to her that says, let's talk about sex. Exactly. I was like, what the hell is Amber's stand about? Like, what is this? <laughs> it just really cracked me up. Yeah, like, um, I'm buying that. I went social media at the time in the 90s. So um, I'm actually going to say that Travis is going to be really big on, like, skateboarding, like, IRC boards. Was it IRC <laughs> that was the thing? Or, like, um, AOL, like, the chat boards, and you had all, like, the forums. I hung with some skaters at school, Liz. There's no fucking way in hell any of them know how to turn a fucking computer on. Okay, I'm telling you, now. you hung out with the ones in New Zealand. Travis is actually quite intelligent, I thought. <laughs> if, if you were going 90s social media, I thought you were about to say one of them had, like, a newsletter or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what I mean, right? I'm thinking of, the, I can't think of the word I want. Usenet or whatever. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I was just trying to think of something that wasn't really obvious, like one of the really obvious social girls. Maybe MSN Messenger. That's about the fucking... Oh, yeah, I was definitely on MSN Messenger. Oh, do you know what? Actually, I've changed my answer. It'll be Ty on Live Journal writing all about her move from the from where yeah, she came yeah. from. I can't remember. And writing about her move to the Big Smoke in like LA and how she's changing and going to all these cool parties and stuff. Oh, and a de- near-death experience. My God, she would have got loads of views on that. Moses uh, over to question number three. What is it there, Billy? All righty. Question number three is, what quote from this film would be the worst to hear after sex? Um, yeah, so here's the thing, listeners. Usually we don't talk about our answers before the podcast, but this one I suspect we might all have the same answer. Who knows? Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> My one was Shea's dad saying, I've got a 45 and a shovel. I don't think anyone would miss you. That's different to mine. That yes! is different to mine. I think me and Belly will <gasps> yes! be the same still, though. Let's like, see. Let's find out. Okay. <laughs> I mine reckon is... you guys have got my second one. It has to be. Ah, uh, get off of me. That's different to mine, too. What? Nah, oh, my God. We That's did it, amazing. We all got different ones. Mine is Cher saying, I doubt I worked off the calories in a stick of carefree gum. <laughs> <laughs> No, yours wins. That's amazing. Uh, well, you said it was something really obvious, and I was like, uh, clearly it's going to be her going, off of me. I but, thought it was uh, meant no, to be wins. us imagining things we might hear after sex, not things we do hear after sex, Liz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying exactly. to think outside the box. Um, okay, well, I, I only hear co- uh, compliments. <laughs> Actually, what am I talking about? I'm a virgin and I don't drive, so I wouldn't know. Hey, if you're paying the dude enough, Liz, he's definitely going to give you compliments. I think we should move on to question four. I think we should too. <laughs> question number two, Question number four comes courtesy of our man, Dan Brennick of the Netflix and Swill podcast. Go check them out. I was on a recent episode discussing um, the new Witcher anime film, Nightmare of the Wolf. It was really good. I had a really good time over there chatting with him and Caleb. And his question this week is, who is the true MVP of this film? And it can't be the main character. So it can't be Cher. Yeah, so I am going with Cher's dad. Oh, damn it. That's mine too. Yeah. shit, Liz. (laughs) So you all agree? Well, it was really obvious. He obviously really cared about her and he brought her up to be a kind person who stood up for herself. Like he was a banger. He's a really good dad. I really like their relationship. 
Yeah, he's just a great fucking dad. Like he really cares about her. He's not he's not overprotective, but he he is protective. And even mm. just like one of his first lines in the movie, you divorce wives, not children. Like that's not the kind of thing you expect to hear from one of those dads in one of these movies. Like No. Yeah, he's just a good dude. He's a good dude, and he honestly had some of the most like crack up lines in this film. Like that last oh, one, quality, I've got yeah. a I've got a forty five and a shovel. I don't think anyone would miss you. I love that, <laughs> and I just I absolutely loved his delivery when he came in and Cher and Ty are sitting at the table, and Cher's just like, "Hey, Daddy, this is my new friend Ty. Hi," and he's like, "Hello, nice to meet you." And he's get out of my chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what's hilarious is. Demi was like, oh, my God, my dad would say that. I was like, my dad would say that. <laughs> totally related to that. Because, yeah, you nice. do not sit in my dad's chair at the table. Like, you just don't do that. So, legit True. dad action do you guys, Do you guys have chairs at your table? Like, Sam, you're a dad now. Like, do you have, like, the dad chair? We, we do. It's where Fern tells me to sit. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Well, maybe it's that's not, it's it. not cute. It's as soon as you sit down and start eating your meal, she goes, "No, Daddy, sit over there." I know, it's it, amazing how directive they can be at two years old. Like when you have to play dollies, I like to piss my kid off by like using the wrong voice with a dolly. I'll be like, "Oh, how you going?" She's like, "No, no, no, talk like this." <laughs> <laughs> so cute. My backup answer was Miss Geist because she must have some sensational loving to turn old Sean Wallace's character around and to stop him being a grumpy old bastard. <laughs> I think you could say make an argument for him as well because he was the one that sort of motivated Cher to make changes and do things, right? And he he stood up to her and was like, yeah, I'm not going to change your grade. Your arguments aren't, you know, you're not delivering what I want you to. But uh, your going arguments back to the are dad, inconceivable. I, love, I loved how the dad was just like, I couldn't have been prouder if they were actual real grades. <laughs> I was just like, amazing. Fucking boss lines from the dad, eh? Absolutely boss Quality. lines. All right. Uh, what is something you noticed in this film that you don't think other people might have immediately noticed? All right. Well, I mean, as you guys know, I'm a visual effects artist. I've worked in film. I like to keep an eye out for, you know, interesting cinematography and things like that. And I couldn't help but notice that the episode of Ren and Stimpy that they're watching on TV is episode, it's season 305, Ren's Pecs. It's a great episode. I just can't even remember what it's about, but I remember that I yeah. loved Ren and Stimpy and totally watched it, but I can't remember anything about it at all. Oh, man. Well, in this episode, you should definitely rewatch it. Uh, Ren gets made fun of at the beach by this big buff dude. So Stimpy donates his ass fat to Ren's chest. And he gets <laughs> it's, it's a great episode. <laughs> nice. I will think about rewatching that. <laughs> Honestly, if you, if, like, how do you explain Ren and Stimpy to anyone, really? Eh? Yeah, it's bizarre, hey? It's yeah, I just, I can't remember much except for that they were just super weird, but it was really funny. So, yeah, I'll probably go back and have a little. I mean, did you guys ever watch Rocco's Modern Life? No, I, I had a life. <laughs> I didn't have a life or watch, <laughs> or watch that show. Yeah. Okay, moving over to me anyway. I'm a massive cinephile, massive nerd. Watched all the old classics, blah, 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 all that usual rant that everyone knows about. The two films that Christian brings over are Spartacus, although she calls it Sparaticus. Which and, is gold. Yeah. Which is amazing. Which is absolutely amazing. And she also bring, he also brings over some like a hot. And both of those films have characters in it that are inferred as being gay. And I oh. thought that was pretty funny that the guy that's inferred as being gay in this film brings over two films that has characters which are inferred as being gay. Oh, that is clever. But, it's it's um, not blatantly said because they're films from like the late 50s. or 59 for some yeah, like yeah. 60 for Spartacus. And so, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I have to say that Spartacus looked boring as hell. Uh, there's no way I'd be watching that. If a guy brought that over, I'd be like, so clearly you don't want to watch the movie. You just want to make out. Like, I would. Do you hear that, Dave Baker? Dave Baker got us to do a Patreon episode on it that people can go and listen to and hear me and Stacey say amazing things about a three-hour film that Liz should definitely watch. It's a yeah. great movie, man. That's a great movie. Sure. I'm still not going to watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Yeah. I love the bit, though, um, that just reminded me when Christian's in the car and he's like, do you like Billy Holiday? And um, she's like, oh, I love him. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing I noticed, I actually noticed two little things. Cher and Dion's outfits were often very similar, but in different colors. Like when Cher was wearing her tartan jacket and skirt, Dion was also wearing a tartan jacket and skirt. And when Cher was wearing like a, a plain jumper with a shirt, Dion was wearing a plane jumper this year. I just thought it was really interesting. They were like such best friends that they even kind of matched their outfits without planning it. And the other thing I noticed, which was just weird and I thought was funny, um, was when they were at the party and they had the band on stage, there was one guy who just seemed to be only there to just rock yeah, about on stage guy. and dance. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is strange, but cool. <laughs> like, My wife was like, what's that guy doing? I'm like, well, he's the dancer, man. That's, yeah, he's the dancer. That's an integral yeah. part of the Bostones. <laughs> exactly. The good old mighty, mighty Bostones. Oh, I knew you would have picked up that band, Billy. I was like, oh, man, I'm Billy a knows who Bostones fan. Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome. He was like a similarly shaped man to me and Billy, and he was just <laughs> having a groove. Just rocking out, having a good time. He had a little je ne sais quoi, a little, you know, joie de vivre. Horrible facial hair. Yeah, I loved him. Uh, Moves over to question number six. This question comes courtesy of Julio, the Contrarians. We've got to mention Julio because Julio's appearing on a couple of We Watched a Thing episodes, isn't he, Billy? He is. We're recording tomorrow, actually. I made him watch Cliffhanger, which he shockingly had never seen. And uh, he got me to watch uh, The Life Aquatic. So that's going to be pretty awesome. And his question is, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? Liz said that she's a nice person, but I don't agree. I think Cher is kind of a shitty person. (gasps) She does some pretty ruthless things. Like, she goes to that party with Christian and then Ty shows up, doesn't know anyone there. She spends all all of two seconds with her and doesn't bother, like, hanging out with her. We don't see Dion there either, who's had a massive fight with her, like, boyfriend. So we don't know what she's up to. And then on top of that, like, Alton is just the biggest creep in yeah. the world. Oh. Like, from the, God, the start yes. of the film, she, he keeps, like, leeching over and, like, kissing her and grabbing her and all this other stuff. And I said to Stacey, I was like, who the fuck is this dude? Because we haven't even been introduced to him yet. And then she tries to hook Ty up with him. I was like, oh, come on, man. She was just incredibly obtuse, though, I think. Like, she just really, it, was, it cracked me up when the two of them were talking to each other in the car and neither of them seemed to have any idea what the other one was putting across. He's like, you've been flirting with me this whole time. And she's like, I have had no interest in you at all. And I've made that very clear. And like, it just really cracked me up that they were so, like, they're both completely obtuse. I think you're right. Yeah. She, I mean, she is a bitch at points, but all teenage girls are bitches. The nicest thing that she did in this film was hooking up two teachers who were desperately out of love, uh, need of love, but she was doing it for herself. You know, she was totally doing it to get better grades. But she took so much joy seeing them happy. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, good, this is totally going to solve my problem. She was like, oh, look how happy they are. And she thought it was really sweet. I was was pretty happy that they got married because I was wondering if at any point uh, Mrs. Geist goes to him and is like, hey, that was so lovely that you gave me that rose in that poem. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking weirdo. I think a lot of the bitchy things Cher does, though, are kind of accidental. I think she, I think when she's a bitch, mm. it's it's actually because of good intentions, you know? Like, or yeah. she's just completely she's, obtuse, like just yeah. not seeing something at all. 
like when you were talking about her and Elton in the car, like how often did that happen to you as a teenager uh-huh. where, you know, you think someone's flirting with you, but they're not and they, you know, like it's just mixed hey, signals, hey. ahoy. Hey, Billy, we've yeah. established that I was the other way around. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the whole thing is exactly right. Like teenagers just do not get each other or society or, yeah. you know, they're just so caught up in their own crap. It's almost like you could say that she's clueless. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, in my controversial opinion, is that this movie is actually really feminist. And, like, I feel like you wouldn't necessarily think it's going to be from the look of it. You know, it's about the socialite girl. But there's a lot of really positive feminist stuff here. Like, she calls out bad behavior. She, you know, when um, Elton assaults her, she really identifies it for what it is, cuts him out, you know, not interested in any of that. Even when the guy's trying to grab her at school, she's like, as if, don't touch me. That's a big deal for a teenage girl. They subvert gender norms when they crack call the waiter at the mall. I'm not saying that's right, but I do think that they're saying, hey, look, women can do this kind of shit too. And I like that her dad expects her to make something of herself and he's not like, well, you know, you're just a cute little thing that can do whatever you want. Like um, in Legally Blonde, they're like, why would you want to be a lawyer? Mm, you can, you're such a pretty girl. They're not like that in this film, which I really like. The girls are really smart. And um, the period thing, when she tells the teacher that she was late to class because she was surfing the Crimson Wave, Dude, that is ballsy as fuck, and that is really awesome for girls to have seen, because I was totally embarrassed of talking about my period until I was, like, late 20s. Like, I would be embarrassed to go and buy pads at the supermarket, and there's no way I would have talked about it on a podcast when I was, like, even in my 20s. So the fact that this teenage girl's just like, yeah, man, getting my period. I was like, that is banging! So here's the thing, listeners. New Zealanders intrinsically are incredibly shameful people. Like, oh, I cringe God, every yes. time I release this podcast. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want the people <laughs> listening to this. Absolutely. Yeah, that, really conservative that, and really, yeah, a lot of guilt and shame and stuff. So A, a oh, lot wow. of guilt and shame. It's yeah. That must be National one of the few differences between our, yes. our such close continents then. Because, he, like, I remember at high school, girls were quite open about that. And to get out of PE, that was a very common excuse. I, I think we've established that Billy clearly didn't have any shame and told everyone he was on, on the Crimson Wave every time he wanted to get out of PE. So <laughs> yeah. oh, Definitely, yeah. My controversial opinion is that Josh kind of is a loser for most of this movie. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, he's Paul Rudd and he's charming, but I mean, he also is, like, he, he's a bit of a dick to her quite mm. often for the early part of this movie. He is a bit of a loser. <laughs> uh, he's quite pretentious. The fact that he was reading Nietzsche, I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> That kind of, you know, look at me, I'm so smart. And so that's what I really liked, actually, that they had that equally pretentious bitch in the car with him and they were having that yes. pretentious argument. And then yep. she just shuts it down by being like, uh, I remember Mel Gibson and that Polonius guy said <laughs> oh, that. I was yeah. like, amazing. Up until that point, you don't really gel with Josh. And it's that moment when he, he laughs at, at yeah. Cher correcting it. That's when you're really like, yeah, okay, this dude's not bad. But yeah, yeah. He, can, he, that, he really is a loser. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Anywho, that moves us over to question number seven, which is what was the biggest dick move of the movie? Is it Elton? We all got Elton? Yeah. Sexual assault by Elton. I yeah. still don't get why anyone wants to have sex with someone who doesn't want to have sex with them. And then that he drove off and left her there. Like, I get that she got out of the car, but like, get her a ta- make sure she's got a taxi or something. Make sure she's yeah, safe and sure leaving her in a she- sketchy area. Like, you total creep. Yep, that was my answer. What about you, Billy? You got anything no, else? Yeah, I mean, that is a dick move, but it seemed too obvious to me. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I went with Cher, honestly. Uh, cock-blocking Brecken Meyer. All he oh, is is yeah. hook up with Ty, and she's kind of a real bitch to him. 
I found that really funny when she was like, um, you're such a snob, Elton. I was like, you have been doing the exact same thing to yeah. Brett and Maya. Yeah, but I and like he's that actually she changed. a really you know? nice guy who's being he really is. nice to Ty. And Cher is just being kind of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I love this vindication, Billy. Thank you so much. Like, can we, this was going to be one of my questions, but can we all agree that Elton's probably in jail somewhere right now? Oh, oh God, I sure. hope so. No, actually, <laughs> no, I don't agree. Because no, he's, he's rich. rich. He's probably not. And white. Yeah, and yeah he's a white male. Yeah. Yeah, That's they true. basically could have cast him as the lead for Promising Young Woman, frankly, as the, as the, uh, the main guy that is guilty of the assault. Yeah, true, actually. Question number eight, which is a Patreon question, comes courtesy of our man Nick Haskins of Nikolai's Kitchen. Go check it out. It's a cooking podcast that's absolutely awesome. Stacey's going to be on an episode soon. <laughs> oh, good. Is yeah, that uh-huh. finally happening? <laughs> no, I just say that every week. I'm just willing it into the universe. I've been hearing that for months. Yeah, yep. she will be. She absolutely I think will. I've he- I think you've been saying that since before the podcast even started. I had. I had. Yeah. Before Nick even said he was going to have a guest, I've been petitioning it for ages. So tune in. Go subscribe. You might hear Stacey on an episode. Anyway, uh, what's his question there, Liz? Hey, Nick. Uh, Nick would like to know. What type of meal is this movie? I mean, to me, this was just so obvious. This movie is a large cheese pizza and a two-litre bottle of Coke because it just reminds (laughs) me so much of, like, sleepovers with friends in the 90s where you just, you go to the video store, you pick up a VHS of Clueless and maybe a horror movie and you get a pizza and you hang out. That It it was the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you, Billy. It's pretty much the same for me. Like, I had a girlfriend that used to work at the mall um, and she used to work in a Wendy's and that's not the Wendy's like restaurant burger chain. It's sort of like a chain in New Zealand that was like hot dogs and hot dogs and ice creams. And- yeah. yeah. We used to have them. I miss them. Is it now the Shake Shed, I think it's called? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I used to go there and just get like a hot dog and ice cream. It's, it's like that. It's like, it's delicious, but it's not nutritious. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> substance of value. Like I would say that's not fair to this movie. There's a bit of substance and value to this film, like Liz has pointed out. But uh, I didn't know that when I wrote down my answer, so I'm still going with hot dog and ice cream. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, legit cool. And I'm uh, really similar, actually. I've gone for gourmet pizza. I feel like it's, there's lots going on, you know, and it's kind of fancy, but without being overly so. And it's a fan favorite, and it's party food. So, really similar nice. theme there to Billy. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Question number nine. What was the most preposterously insane leap of logic in this film? Okay, so here we go, guys. Cher rings up Paul Rudd. Hi, help, you've got to come get me. I've been, you know, ditched on the side of the road. Where are you? San Fernando Valley. Cool. Slams his phone down. Next scene, picked her up. <laughs> Legit cool. How? How is it not, sh- like, 12 hours later, it's the middle of the day, and he's like, oh, fuck, there she is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Los Angeles is a big fucking place. I've How literally driven this you? valley in a grid format for the last six hours to find <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Trying to find this girl. Literally slams up the phone on her. She doesn't have his mobile number or anything like that. She's just called the home line, got a hold of him. Insane. How the fuck did he find her? That is a legit call. Uh, mine was also, I've actually got two. The first one was that we would buy that Paul Rudd didn't time travel to make this movie because he looks exactly the same. (laughs) So, which you already brought up. But my other one was that Cher thought she had any hope of passing her driver's license after she literally crashed into multiple vehicles. I was like, no, honey, no. I know you're obtuse, but come on, like. No, she didn't even park next to the curb. He was like, pull over. And she just like stops in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. 
as much as a feminist movie that you're making this out to be, Liz, it's kind of a broad stereotype of woman can't drive type thing. You know that. Was yeah, bit... that's true. Actually, but no, that's true. Actually, yeah. Oh, we do see the men are supposed to be the capable drivers, right? Although Murray's not driving when Dion is, or is he giving her lessons? He's, He's giving her lessons. Her, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not a fan of that. No, nah, not a fan mm, of that. True. And I'm yeah. absolutely convinced that she would have died about, I don't know, six months after this film came out, you know, <laughs> of the events of this film. She would have died in a 10-car pile-up motor vehicle accident, you know, that she caused. On the freeway. On the freeway, yeah. Although, actually, maybe that was the biggest dick move. That truck driver behind Dion, like, she's obviously freaking out and, like, yes, she's driving slow and it's annoying, but don't come right up behind her tailgater and slam on your giantly loud truck horn. That's not going to make her do any better. Oh, Fucking really Americans, mean. right? So mean. <laughs> yeah. What about yours, Billy? Uh, just- my insanely for logic is that teachers would invite all of their students to their wedding. <laughs> that is oh, yeah. No fucking way would that happen. <laughs> well, wasn't yeah. she like a bridesmaid? Yes, she was. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Because they don't know that they set each other up. Right? Like, no. they didn't know that they set up the relationship. So yeah, it would make yeah. sense if they knew that and they were like, oh, well, thanks for doing that. You can be a bridesmaid. Yeah. No. Anywho, question number 10. Also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our man, Chris Yeni, the man Chris. What song would you guys have inserted into this film and where? Okay, so I am going with a song that meant a lot to me when I was a 12-year-old girl and getting my first crushes on boys in the 90s. And it was TLC Waterfalls. Uh, (laughs) uh, That also inspired a question um, that I will ask later. But I would have it when Cher is getting jealous of Ty because she's suddenly popular. And, you know, the music's all like, Don't go chasing waterfalls. Just stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used used to. to. Yeah. Who the fuck chases a waterfall? I know, the entire song makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing in the 90s makes any sense to anyone. (laughs) Like those jeans they were wearing, those massive jeans. Oh, how can you forget those Oh, God, the fashion. (laughs) Who the fuck wore that? Me. Well, I can't believe that you went with like a a semi-real answer because I was trying to fit in with the crap that I usually hear on this show. Yes, do the crap. (laughs) So I've gone with Highway to Hell when they get on the free. No, you can't. You can't choose (laughs) Highway to Hell. We've already banned it. Can't use it. (laughs) It's too on the nose. We've already declared that. Sorry. And if you say Highway to the Danger Zone, oh, you're fucking, you're out of here. Yeah, speaking of which, I'm going to go over a song that actually came out two years after this, so who knows, maybe it could be an early rendition of theirs, but we saw the Mighty Mighty Bostones do a performance. I would have liked it if Blink-182 came out and performed their magnum hit, all the small things. I was going to choose that. I I nearly wrote that down. (laughs) I was going to choose that, but I looked it up and it came out two years after, and I was like, oh, damn, no, never mind, I won't choose it then. That's amazing, I was absolutely going to. Uh, yeah, and so because it came out um, two years after this film, I'm just going to have to go with Blink-182, damn it, because damn it, I missed out on the chance of trolling Liz. <laughs> Smooth, except I was going to choose the same song, so it's not really trolling me, is it? I don't no, mind Blink-182, all the small things. I like the song. I've said it before. It's just when you ask me where I would put it in the movie 1917, I have a little <laughs> trouble. I think that's normal. <laughs> a little trouble turned into a four-hour rant over Facebook about how the question needs to be removed. So from the, for those long-term listeners that listened to 1917 and noticed that the small things wasn't in their fucking questions, there's your answer why. <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry. The best I can do is having it like an instrumental version of it playing on a radio they were listening to while they were sleeping under the tree. That's what I was going to yeah. go. But I was like, this is fucking stupid. Absolutely. 
Uh, talking yeah. about stupid, okay. on to Billy first. Questions. What do you got there, Billy? <laughs> All right. Great. Here are my questions for you guys. Question number 11. What is Breck and Meyer doing right now at this very second? Okay, I'm saying he is skateboarding and smoking a joint because he was the perfect <laughs> casting for Travis, and so therefore he is Travis, and therefore what would Travis be doing? He would be skateboarding and smoking a joint. <laughs> Sounds fair, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty late over in America right now. It's probably about oh, 11 or 12 at night, so he's probably in a bar somewhere walking up to girls and going, hey, have you seen Clueless? <laughs> yeah. Smooth. And I'm I would be like, oh, now. damn, hello. Yes, I have. I would be very excited. I'd tap that. Right. Save that or he's just sitting at home crying about what could have been because, man, did his career go downhill after road trip? I can't remember That's seeing him in anything a shame, since. right? Because he was actually great in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. He was really good. I kind of thought that watching this movie, most of the careers really petered out. You know, like you had a couple of people who went on to do other things. Donald Faison eventually got picked up for Scrubs. But, you know, like Alicia Silverstone, her career really kind of died not long after this as well. Obviously, Brittany Murphy met with tragedy. Yes. Yeah, sadly. Brittany Murphy, is, I was about to say, is probably the second most successful after this. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Silverstone dropped in bloody Batman and Robin, and that was the end of her life, pretty much. Yeah. The most random one for me was that um, Alicia Silverstone popping up and killing of a sacred deer. Oh, that yeah, that was intense, wasn't it? That spaghetti eating scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Yeah, measles. she rocked in that, actually. Yeah. yeah, she was awesome. Like, very small cameo, like, almost unrecognizable as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have All no right. idea what you're talking about. Good. <laughs> Question number 12. Would you guys put up a picture of a person you didn't like just because you liked the person who took it? Yep, absolutely. Like, I hate babies. Really? I hate babies, but I have loads of Angetti's pics around my house. No, I'm joking. Come on, she was the one that did, like, the babies and the pumpkins and I, I know who she is, yeah. yeah. yeah babies no, and flower pots and shit. I love man. babies, and I have no Angetti's pictures. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that, unless they were a famous photographer and I really like their work. Like, yeah, it's bizarre. That's it makes the only zero it's, sense. It is, literally makes no sense. Like, yeah, she takes photo. Yeah. Like, he likes that she's the photographer because you took it. Does, it makes no fucking sense. The, Surely he would have got a photo of her, you know? Or at the very least, take get one of the photos that she took of him. And, you know, when they, she was taking a photo of their whole group. Like, how do you not have the self-awareness to think, oh, yeah, I really like this girl. I better hang, one, <laughs> hang a photo of her friend in my locker. That's not going to look fucking creepy. Yeah, of her friend yeah. by herself. Like, yeah, yeah that was exactly. super weird. What a weirdo. All right, question 13. I had to ask it. I know this is probably... <laughs> This is probably a bit of a faux pas, because this is one of your regular questions, Sam, but I actually just really wanted to know the answer to it. How would you guys insert Nicolas Cage into this film? Oh, Great yeah. question, Billy. <laughs> I love this question, I Billy. I thought of it myself. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind this question. I've decided he can be the debate teacher and get it on with my skirts. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he could that. do that quite well. Like, call her out and just be like, no, your arguments suck or whatever, and... Yeah, I mean, this one was easy for me. I mean, like, you're saying replacing Sean Wallace, but Nicolas Cage would have been, like, this is 1995, so this is how old he would have been in um, Leaving Las Vegas. So he would have been kind of a young man, so I want him as the driving instructor. And I want him Oh, to just... yeah. Yeah. Or even better, even better, he plays the character of Leaving Las Vegas who's just parked in a random car that she smashes into and he just completely loses his mind and goes, no, nah, that's it, fuck it. I'm, you know, I'm off to Las Vegas to drink myself to death. There we go. <laughs> Tied in universe. Leaving Las Vegas, Clueless, very similar films. So <laughs> totally, Quality. totally putting I'd, them together. I'd love to see him as Cher's dad. Yeah, that'd be good as well. <laughs> Got a Would he have been old enough? Shovel. <laughs> 
Probably not at this point. <laughs> no, but fair. That's a legit call. <laughs> Get out of my chair! <laughs> Fuck! Amazing. All right, that's my turn now. So um, on to question 14. As I said with the TLC Waterfalls song, um, I totally applied that song to a guy that I had a crush on. And it doesn't relate at all to us or anything, but it was the song that was out. And I was like, oh, my God, that is so me. That's exactly when, when, when Ty, um, it's like, that's our song. And it was the Rolling with the Homies one. I was like, yep, I did that when I was a teenager. So I'd like to know what example of teenage behavior do you relate to most in this film? There you go, guys. She rolled with some homies when she was a teenager. <laughs> no, Ty did. I was chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Uh, um, the, the one for me is Brooklyn Meyer admitting that um, guys just do dumb shit to impress people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see you. I do dumb shit to impress <laughs> people all the time. It just makes too much sense. Yeah. Any uh, good stories my... from high school, though, Sam, of doing uh, that? Yeah, I did a Blink-182, uh, all the small things. No, no, no. Um, what's my age again? Did a lip sync to that on a stage with a guitar in front of my penis with two of my other mates, and we were just wearing like tiny little Y fronts. So we were like pretty much naked, just like they were in the music video. And the crowd went mental trying to escape the fucking building. Yeah. I don't think boys understand what impresses girls. Oh, sure oh, as fuck really wasn't don't. that. I almost died a virgin. <laughs> oh, my Lord. What about you, Billy? Mine was just dressing poorly. <laughs> you know, when she's making fun of the way that the, the boys dress with the baggy pants. And yes. I still don't dress very well, so I relate really well to that, actually. Amen, brother! <laughs> yeah. No way, I really like that knit jumper you're wearing. Oh, thank you. This is my fisherman sweater. I like a good fisherman sweater on a man. Well, who says that I've got any fashion sense, though? So, yeah. never mind. Uh, my second question. So, what's that question? 15. Shia gave a lot of what I think were very useful tips on how to seduce boys. And I wondered what you felt was the best one that I should do from now on. I'm going to go with the one that was absolutely terrible because most girls I know always say that they hate going out for dinner with a guy because they don't like eating in front of a guy they like because it always looks messy and ugly. But I tell you what, if I saw a hot chick eating hot chicken, I would be hot, hot, hot. That was my answer too. Draw attention to your mouth. Just, yeah, just. <laughs> I see. Yep. And uh, yep. really, <laughs> listeners, I am are doing some very sexy touching of my mouth right now, which it's both of the boys are reacting to in a very positive way. I've thrown up all over myself. All right, uh, moving on. Question sixteen: Should Shia have realised that Christian was gay? Yes. What's question seventeen? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm actually. I'm still not convinced that he was gay. Like, I I mean, look, he, he probably was, based on a lot of the, like, stereotypes that they threw about in this movie, but I'm actually, I don't know, maybe he was just a nervous teenage boy. It's only the scene where he, that sealed it for me, was when she starts playing footsies with him and he just sort of looks at her like, I know what you're trying to do, but I'm out. Like, the only the only thing that could have sort of saved him is, like an answer which is in his name that he's christian and he doesn't believe in like you know premarital interactions yeah like if he had a promise ring or something on yeah, oh, yeah. yeah but even yeah. still he strikes me as not that type of guy so <laughs> i mean he wants to go to and half the party with the Bostones, so he's clearly up for <laughs> doing something <laughs> the one thing that made me think he was gay was when she um, opens the door and she's dressed like in that beautiful dress and she looks amazing and he barely blinks like he's just kind of like yeah hey whatevs I just feel like any teenage boy would have seen that turn up at his house and be like oh damn no 
I don't know. I can I can see myself as a teenage boy just trying to completely ignore something like that because I don't know how to handle it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah. an inferiority complex. It's the same thing for me when like girls are like, "I like you." I'm like, "You've fucking got mental problems." Yeah, you know? like you're an idiot, lady. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be. Wrong a, I wouldn't want to be a part of any club that would have me as a member. How do <laughs> Just kidding, listeners. I slayed like, wives and kids. I do not understand this. I feel like these women must have just like she literally liked. bashed you around the head and been like, <laughs> yeah. I like you and you are going to date me whether you like it or not. Is that the That's case? That's basically how it happened, yeah. <laughs> oh, Stacey came at me like a spider monkey. That's the only reason why we hooked up. <laughs> my God, men are idiots. Now I'm starting to understand why I'm single. Anywho, moves us over to my question. I love pairing people off against each other, but unfortunately I've gone the wrong way on this and I'm going to get Liz a chance to fucking smash me. So my first question. What click from the school do you reckon each of the other podcasters would have been in or be in? Well, I mean, I think that Liz would be one of Josh's friends who helps out Cher's dad with the with the trial. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's not a slide. I just think that you're a very smart person. I can just see you fitting in with that crowd. Sucking yep. up to the Liz. Um, <laughs> no, that's for, a legit call. For, yeah, as for Sam, I really kept an eye out the whole movie. I was looking for the bald guy click at the school and I just couldn't <laughs> see it. So <laughs> I had hair at high school. Not much, but I had hair. I had Brickton Myers haircut. I had long hair. Oh, man, I used yeah. to as well. I had, like, shoulder-length hair and a goatee. I was fucking fly. Yeah. I got I mean, confused for a girl three times, and that made me go and cut it all off. It was quite funny. It seems pretty clear to me that you probably both were in the uh, stoner group on the lawn, although I feel like Billy could have made the transition to the cool guys. Like, maybe not as a jock, but just as, like, a, a nice dude that everybody likes. That's exactly where I was. Not to talk myself up. No, uh, I could see that, though. You were obviously the guy that was just, everyone got along with and was a pretty decent dude. And, you know, you weren't like a massive jock, but you weren't like a massive nerd or anything. Whereas Sam was absolutely like the stoner with the long hair who likes skateboards. No. Like, <laughs> I was captain of our school's first 15, Liz. I was the most jockiest yeah, of all the jocks. But, but I then just... I was still a music nerd, and then I was still like a bit of a skater. So I, I blended the genres. I'm putting you on the lawn. I'm sorry. You're on the stone. Yeah, see, I was the music guy. I was the guy who hung out on the oval with a guitar, just like playing tracks. <laughs> the, so for me, when I was watching this, I was like, Billy is totally the guy that at the Boston's concert after Ty falls down the stairs, he comes running up. She was like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, are you right? Yeah. And she's like, go yeah. away, you creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're at the gig and you're a really nice guy. And yep, he wasn't even me. a creep about it or like a jerk about it. He was just like, are you okay? You're fine. All right. Kind of thing. That's yeah. true. I, I'm fully guessing Liz would have been a total nerd. The, the one for me, you guys missed it, is you were talking about how there was that guy helping Josh and Cheer of the case. That would have been me, the one that was just like, fuck you guys, I'm going to call in sick tomorrow, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that you're out me. of here? Yeah, exactly, oh. out of here. I'm bald, I'm out of here. Sarcastic oh, asshole. Lord. Anywho, on to my next question. Sort of flirted or skirted around this a little bit, but Josh and Cheer are kind of step-siblings. Kind of a bit weird. So what do you guys reckon? What do you guys reckon the dad's response would be to his teenage daughter dating his former stepson kind of current? I don't know what you describe him as. What do you guys reckon? We've talked about how much of an arsehole he is, but what do you reckon? What do you guys reckon? I, I I reckon he'd be stoked, honestly. Totally stoked. I mean, like, yes, there's there's a strange age gap, and yes, there's an odd kind of almost sibling thing. But, I mean, the dad loves Josh, and he knows Josh. And, look, Josh is not the kind of guy who's going to be boffing Alicia Silverstone right here, right now. Like, she's 15 years old. Like, I think they're just going to, like, hold hands for a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, I reckon the dad would be stoked about it. 
Yeah, he he Curious. clearly liked Josh, and he would probably really welcome the opportunity to keep him in the family and have him as a proper son-in-law, right? But I'm sorry, the age difference was definitely problematic, given that Josh was, I mean, I think he might have been 19 or even 20, at least 18, and, you know, she was like 15. So, no, not cool. And which is weird, because you don't see that at the time, but like watching it back now, me and Demi were both like, Ah, uh, that's kind of icky. Or well, not that he was grooming her, but it was just kind of weird. Especially because he probably remembered her from being like this braces wearing, like little teenager chewing, uh, yeah. you know, preteen chewing gum. So it was kind of like, mm. I think we well, should cut I it off there rather than getting too descriptive about it, Liz. <laughs> yeah, all right. Do you guys subscribe to the half your age plus seven rule? Like, when when does the age gap stop being creepy? I think I think it's okay from eighteen up that rule. Like, I yeah. agree. I think yeah. it's more about that's being the adult above eighteen rule. than yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywho, let's move us over to something a little bit more lighthearted. What aspect of this film screamed, I'm so fucking 90s, dude, the hardest? I mean, Liz brought it up before. Like, honestly, for everything that is 90s about this movie, and there is a heap, nothing beats Cher calling herself a retard. (laughs) She says it to her teacher. She's like, oh, I'm such a retard. And it's just kind of moved on. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) You just, yeah, you don't hear that. And especially not in films and stuff. I mean, I felt like the whole movie just screams, I'm fucking 90s. But oh, um, to me, yeah, yeah. probably the technology made it the most obvious. So the TV, the cell phones that they use, the, the fact they're using paper maps to get to the valley. And even the um, ad on TV was super 90s. The man just freshness, you know, like that was super 90s yeah. as well, which I really liked. So, yeah, I'm going technology. The, um, the one for me is the guy in her class that says, I need to leave. I've left my cranberry CD in the quad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cranberries CD. That nice. is the most 90s thing I've ever heard. Hey, speaking about most 90s things, that moves us down to our final question, which, as I mentioned, is a listener question. This one we threw out there to you guys as a poll and basically wanted to know from you guys, is this the most 90s film to ever 90s, 90s, years, years, years? Is this the most 90s film ever, basically? What do you guys reckon? Or have you got another one that you think is more 90s than this? Nah, to me it's this one. Um, my runner-up is She's All That. That's one that I thought of, but I actually thought, no, that doesn't compete with this one. This one is just super nannies. I did like some of the listener answers, though, so I'll refer to this Yeah, I was, was going to say, I, I did think it was this, and then I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure you'll mention it. One of the listeners threw out The Net. Oh, yeah. I have to say, oh, that is yeah. a pretty 90s film. <laughs> that is incredibly 90s. Empire Records for me was one. Like, Empire Records was one, similar to you, Billy, having said that you watched this a hundred times. I would have watched that a hundred times when it came out. Yeah, same. I, I don't feel it. a need to explain my art to you, Warren. <laughs> Stop calling me Warren. My name's not fucking Warren. I could quote that movie all day, every day. Hey, Mark, you love Guar? Why didn't you join the band? That was quite a popular choice from the listeners, wasn't it? It was. So we'll get over to that. We'll head over to the answers. So I put it up a poll, and basically the four answers were Clueless, Empire Records, Fight Club, and Scream, which Fight Club, I think, if you'd rewatch it now, is incredibly 90s. But Came in last. Scream came in second to last with 18.6% of the votes. Empire Records had 27.1% of the votes, but Clueless was runaway winner with 38.6% of the votes. And not surprised. Uh, moving over to some of our answers on Twitter. First up, our good friend M from Verbal Diorama said, Clueless being the most 90s movie? As if, I'd say Empire Records is more 90s or hackers. Also, sorry for promoting my stuff again, although you do mention me a lot in your episodes just generally. Of course you do, M. We love you. But Last Action Hero could only be made in the 90s and is very 90s. It is. It's a great film. Go check out M's breakdown on that. It's pretty awesome. 
Uh, our mate LJ Human said the net. Cheers, Luke. That's who it was. Love Luke. Love Luke. Great dude. The Ratchet Book Club said can't hardly wait, hands down. That was Should've it. Got- Loved can't, hand- can't hardly wait, and I felt like that was a really 90s picture as well. The Cinema Guys said Glory Days is the most 90s movie. I know Nikolai's Kitchen will back me up, and he did. Never even heard of it. It's like a Ben Affleck film from 95. Yeah, no, don't know. On one of his earliest roles, it's pretty damn 90s. Gidget Von LaRue said better film Fight Club, most 90s film Clueless. It's not that bad. Podcast said I think Reality Bites and Singles needs to get some love on the list. Very much products of their time, both in soundtrack and subject matter. Completely agree. Squirrelly Lance said it has to be Empire Records, and I just replied with a gif of um, Say No More, Mono More from Rex Manning. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And our good mate Steve from Everything I Learned from Movies, go check those guys out as well, awesome podcast, said, I think you know my pick, and he just put a gif of the ape drinking a fucking, was it martini or whatever from Congo. (laughs) Okay. Such a wacky movie, because the book is amazing, and the movie is nothing like it. It's so bizarre, right? It's so fucking bizarre. Just the last couple of answers was over on our Patreon. Chris Yeni basically said, high fidelity, which... I'm pretty sure Didn't High Fidelity. came out in 2000? Yeah. yeah. 2001? I'm yeah. pretty sure that came out in 2000 there, Chris. I'm, yeah, I agree with Billy. I'm pretty sure that came out in 2000. But very much a 90s film, though. Like, the guy working in a records shop yeah, is very, very 90s. Uh, the other one was our good mate, Emily Higgins, who we mentioned before. I absolutely love Emily. Said, clueless for how it created a lexicon that is imminently 90s, but off the pole. She's all that is the epitome of 90s rom-com and the core Yay. of Not Another Teen Movie. Good Thank work, Emily. You. Agree. I feel like Emily would have about a thousand answers for this. but Oh, uh, God, yeah. We're going to go with that one. And uh, that takes us to the end. Thank you all you guys for tuning in and listening to this. Thank you to our patrons for providing cash that keeps the lights on. But more importantly, thanks to Billy, our guest. Hey, thanks, Billy. It's been a blast. No worries, mate. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to be on this show. And, and Sam and I just recorded... Uh, what, two, three nights ago. So this coming week, uh, you'll be able to hear Sam and I talking about Nicolas Cage with a pig. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not sure I want to watch that. That's oh, uh, You definitely should. I've you heard should at least good. listen to a, to a podcast about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that I could maybe consider. By the way, Nicolas Cage with a pig is not a euphemism for some home-found footage that they've got of Nicolas Cage. It's- oh, don't. That gives me bad flashbacks of Black Mirror. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we watched the thing. Tell us all about it, Billy. Why don't you do a little plug for your show and we'll wrap things up. No worries. You can find us everywhere that you found this podcast where we watched a thing. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we watched a thing. Um, Premise of the show used to be myself and my best friend Topher, a cameraman and a visual effects artist talking about films, but Topher sadly is left. So that's why I'm slumming it with folks like Sam. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh. So who knows? Maybe I'll be able to get Liz on at some point and we can we can chat about, you know, some Hillary Duff flick. Oh which my would god. Be great. That would be like amazing. <laughs> Anywho, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Alternatively, send us an email at MRITQS at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can come along and join us on patreon.com forward slash MRITQS and you get a whole host of back episodes where basically things go off the rails we're a little bit more psychotic on those ones if you can believe it it's something something else anywho this thanks from me thank you from me thanks from me even my mama thinks that my mind is gone but oh, I, I never put the man that didn't deserve, deserve it, it. maybe treated like oh, a punk you know anymore. that's unheard of <laughs> 
You better watch out with chocolate and when we're working. <laughs> or you and your posse might be lined in chalk, yo. Oh, God. You asked for it. I mean, honestly. Coolio is going to be rolling in his grave. Oh, is he dead? That's sad. Oh, no, he will be after he hears that. Oh, Ben. Absolutely a hyperbole sandwiches. Sandwiches. A hyperbole. Oh. <laughs> okay.